able to see the direction that the Lord wants us to walk therein. It has been given to us by the holy prophets and the holy apostles of old. And I say that word of old, meaning that the book is completed, has been written. There's nothing more to add to it. It's the Father's will and his plan. And everyone who will align and will study God's word will see that he has a plan and a purpose. He showed us how all things began and how all things are to continue and how he's to come back and send his son to resurrect this world unto himself and giving mercy and grace. And when we contemplate about his millennial reign here for a thousand years on earth, what a great time that will be for this earth. Because then all the men and women of all the nations will be able to see him for who he is. But then he's going to allow them to choose to whom they serve whether it is him or someone else. And then he'll bring everything that he has planned into completeness. And that's the blessed hope that we have in Messiah, is that our Father has a plan. So, Father, we give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you for your word. It is a sealed book, and you're going to fulfill your sealed book. And many of the prophets and the apostles, they simply looked and pondered, not fully understanding it what you had them write down, but that you promised them that sometime in the future all would be fulfilled, that God would be glorified through his fulfillment of prophecy, almighty God. And so, Father, we thank you for your word, and may the spirit of the living God, the Ruach HaKodesh, descend upon your people even now and open our eyes that we may see clearly, open our ears that we may hear clearly, and open up our minds that are being transformed into the mind of Messiah so we'll have full comprehension and we'll have discernment of what the Spirit of the living God is speaking to us. We give you all glory and honor and praise in Yeshua's name. Amen. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 beginning at verse 1. Continuation of Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, the Shalachim, the apostles, and the, the prophets, and also with the Talmudim, the disciples, and also all the other men and women of God. Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. In the Antioch congregation were prophets and teachers. Barnaba, or in many translations, Barnabas, Shimon, known as the Black, and Lucius from Cyrene, and Menalcom, who had been brought up with Herod, the governor, and Shaul. In some translations, his name is Paul. One time when they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Notice that. They're worshiping the Lord and they were fasting. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, said to them, he spoke to them, and all of them heard his voice, set aside for me Barnaba, who is Barnabas, and Shaul, Paul, for the work which I've called them. After fasting and praying, they placed their hands on them, and they were set off. Notice here, there was a continuation of fasting and praying. 
They were inquiring in the mind of the Lord, and they were inquiring the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. So these two, after they had been sent out by the Ruach HaKodesh, went down to Seleucia and from there sailed to Cyprus. What is Cyprus? Is it a land? No, it's actually an island in the Mediterranean Sea. After landing in Salmas, they began proclaiming the word of God in the synagogues. With Yohanan, and this is uh, Yohanan John the Immerser, or this is not John Yaakov, James' brother, but this is Yohanan Mark. And he, was as, he came as an assistant. And thus they made their way throughout the whole island. They ended up in Pathos, where they found a Jewish sorcerer. Think about that, a sorcerer. Someone who's not from, from the nation of Israel, but is not practicing serving the living God but is actually practicing the dark arts, sorcery. And a pseudo-prophet, someone who's claiming that they are a prophet of God, but truly are not, named Bar Yeshua. So here are these two individuals here. And he attached himself to the governor, Sergus Paulus, who was an intelligent man. Now, the governor had called for Barnaba, Barnabas, and Shaul and was anxious to hear the message about God. But the sorcerer, and he's given here a second name, Elamus, opposed them, doing his best to turn the governor away from the faith. Now, is this uh, faith in Judaism? No. But faith in in the promise that Yeshua is the Messiah. Then Shaul, also known as Paul, filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, stared straight at him. Think about that. Here's a man who is filled with the Spirit of the living God and is moved by the Spirit of the living God to operate and demonstrate the Spirit of the living God so that others, both believers and non-believers, will see how the Spirit of the living God acts and moves through his people. And he said to him, you are a son of Satan. Think about that as a greeting. Do you think that caught, caught this, uh, this gentleman's full attention? I truly believe so. You are full of fraud and evil. You are the enemy of everything that is good. Won't you ever stop making the crooked paths of the Lord Excuse me. Won't you ever stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Because what was Yohanan the Immerser sent to do? To, to lower the mountains and make the path straight, to remove what fallen trees, to remove all the things that would entrap people and dissuade people, the stones that would come rolling down and cover the path. And so he's accusing this man of doing the complete opposite of what God wanted to happen. Because he's, he's, here he is, a Jewish man who appears to be serving the living God, but he's bringing, he's working these dark arts, this magic and this sorcery, and he's beguiling the people. And also there's a pseudo 
uh, prophet here who is giving what? False prophecies, not according to God's word. So now look, the hand of the Lord is upon you. For a while you will be blind and unable to see the sun. Immediately a mist of darkness came over Elamas, and he groped about trying to find someone to lead him by the hand. Isn't it amazing that the Ruach HaKodesh used Shaul, the Apostle Paul, when he came upon a, a Jewish man who was not a believer in Messiah, and what took place? The Holy Spirit had him pronounce and call him out, call him out as a deceiver, to, to simply remove the veil from those that were in that area that were listening to him, including the ruler of this island, this governor, and he was laying things out as they truly are. And notice this, the Ruach HaKodesh had him speak out the word that you will become blind. What happened to Rav Shaul before he was the Apostle Paul and he was on the way to Damascus and he was there persecuting those who were called by the way, but as he was on the way there that God allowed for blindness to come upon him to the point that, that he saw something that was brighter than the sun and he heard the voice and all that voice came and the words this, Shaul, Shaul, or Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting you? me. And we see that later he was delivered, where a believer came, Ananias came and laid hands upon him after many days, and he spent time, what, in prayer and fasting. So think about this, as Rav Shaul is giving this pronouncement of judgment upon this man, it's not out of vindictiveness, it's not out of hatred, but knowing this, that such a path Rav Shaul was similarly walking on. Rav Shaul was never a sorcerer. Rav Shaul was never a, a sado prophet, but still he was walking in darkness. And so this is out of mercy that the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul, is proclaiming this to him. To bring what about in the, the life of this man, this fellow Jew, who's practicing the dark arts and a sado prophet, He's proclaiming this so that there would be an opportunity for repentance, for him to come to know Yeshua for who he is. So going back to this point here, verse 10, this is Shaul's proclamation to the sorcerer. You are a son of Satan, full of fraud and evil. You are an enemy of everything good and won't, ever stop, won't you ever stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And is he quoting from Matthew through Revelation? Absolutely not. He's quoting from Proverbs 10, 9. So now look, the hand of the Lord is upon you. For while you will be blind and unable to see the sun, and immediately a mist of darkness overcame Elamas, and he groped about trying to find someone to lead him by the hand. Then on seeing what had happened, the governor trusted. What does that mean? He trusted in the good news that Yeshua is the true Messiah. And astounded by the teaching, 
about the Lord. Now it goes on. Having set sail from Pathos, Shaul and his companions arrived at Perga and Pamphylia. There Yohanan, John, Jonathan, whose Roman name was Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. But others went out from Perga and Phasidia, Antioch, and on Shabbat, they went into the synagogue and sat down. See, Rav Shaul is not going and starting up a new way of doing things. But where does he go on Shabbat? Simply to the synagogue. And he sim- we went there to receive. He simply sat down. And after reading from the Torah and from the prophets, and that's what we do here every Shabbat, do we not? Usually in our opening, we read from both the Torah and the Haftorah. We'll have readings. The synagogue leaders set, sent them a message. Brothers, if any of you has a word of exhortation, for the people speak. So here's an invitation. Remember that time when Yeshua was in his own city, his own town of Nazareth, and was on Shabbat, and he was asked to come forward and to read. And he took out what? The scroll of the book of Isaiah, and he read from it, and he proclaimed the word of the Lord, did he not? So let's move forward here. So Shaul stood up and he motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and God-fearers, listen. we got to stop here for a second. Who are the God-fearers? They are Gentile people who have left paganism, who are believing in the one true God, because the good news came from which nation but the Jewish nation, the way to the Father. There's only one way, and it's through Yeshua, his son. So we see this template that has been set here. And so now going forward, you men of Israel and God-fears, listen. So he's recognizing them both. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers. He made the people great during the time when they were living as aliens in Egypt. And with a stretched out arm, he led them out of that land. What is Rav Shaul quoting at that point there? But Exodus 6 6 and 12 51. In the Hebrew, the word Exodus is Shemot. For some 40 years, he took care of them in the desert. What is he quoting now? But Exodus 16 35. And Bamidbar Numbers 14 34. See, he's not quoting Matthew through Revelation to them. Why? Because it hasn't been written yet. And after he had destroyed seven nations, where is he quoting from now? But Deuteronomy 7.1. In the land of Canaan, Canaan in some translations, he gave their land to his people as an inheritance. All took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges. Where is that from? But from Judges 2.16. He gave them judges all the way down to the prophet Shumiel, who was Samuel. Then they asked for a king. 
Why? Because they want to be like all the other nations. And God gave them Shaul ben Kish, or Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin, after 40 years. God removed him and raised up David as a king for them, making his approval known with these words. I have found David ben Yasheh, who is David, the son of Jesse, to be a man of my own heart, and he will do everything I want. And where is that recorded in? But in Psalm 89, 21. And also Shumiel Elf, Elif, which is 1 Samuel 3. And in keeping with his promise, God brought to Israel from this man's descendants a deliverer, Yeshua, or in some translations, Jesus. Now, before the coming of Yeshua, Yohanan the Immerser proclaimed to all the people of Israel an immersion in connection with turning to God from sin. What is that? Teshuva, repentance. But as Yohanan was ending his work, he said, Who do you suppose that I am? Well, I'm not. But after me is coming someone, the sandals of whose feet I am unworthy to untie. Brothers, sons of Avraham, Abraham, and those who are of you who are God-fearers, Gentiles, on the path, seeking God's righteousness. It is to us that this message of this deliverance has been sent. For the people living in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize who Yeshua was or understand the message of the prophets. They read every Shabbat. Think about that. Meditating on the word but not having the full revelation of God's word. So they fulfilled that message by condemning him. See, that was part of the prophecy. That when Yeshua came to his people, a portion of his people would reject him and disown him. That was all part of the Father's will. But they could not find any legitimate ground for death sentence. Nevertheless, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all these things written about him, he was taken down from the stake and placed in the tomb. What's this in reference to? But Deuteronomy 21.13. Remember when the children of Israel were in rebellion? And the Adonai sent the, the serpents in there? And they were being bitten, dying? What was God's instruction to him? But to have his brother make a bronze snake, serpent, and that that Avraham was in the midst of the people was to raise that up on a stake, symbolic of the deliverer that would come in the future. But God raised him from the dead, and he appeared for many days to those who had come up with him from the Galil, or Galilee, to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and they are now his witnesses to his people. As for us, we're bringing to you good news that what God promised to the fathers has been fulfilled for us, the for us, the children, in raising up Yeshua, as indeed it is written in the second psalm. You are my son today, and I have become your father. Where is that? Psalms 
or Tehillim in the Hebrew 2.7. And as for his raising him up from the dead to return to decay no more, he said, I will give the holy, trustworthy things of David to you. And where is this promise found in? But Isaiah 55.3, Yeshayahu. This is explained elsewhere. You will not let your Holy One see decay. So where's Rav Shaul quoting from? But Psalms 16.10, Tehillim. And so all these verses that he's proclaiming to them, all the men that are assembled there, and some of the God fears, the word of God is stirring in their hearts. Because they hear this all being proclaimed. What the prophets had prophesied of old has come about. But we've missed it. And now God has sent to us two men who are here and they're proclaiming God's word with full interpretation. So now let's move forward. This is explained elsewhere. You will not let your Holy One see decay. Tehillim Psalm 16.10 For David did indeed, indeed serve God's purposes in his own generation. But after that, he died, and he was buried with his fathers, and he did see decay. However, the one God raised up did not see decay. Because you know what? Everyone that was living on the Isle of, of uh, Cyprus and these other places that Rav Shaul and also Barnaba or Barnabas went to, they all heard the story about this Yeshua dying upon that tree, and then after three days, raising from the dead. However, the one God raised up did not see decay. Therefore, brothers, let it be known to you that through this man is proclaimed forgiveness of sins. Think about that. What's going on at this time still? The temple still stands. There's both the morning and evening sacrifices going on. And how many of these Jewish people that were living in these cities traveled up to three times a year for the Moedim, the Feast of Adonai, would go to Jerusalem and bring therefore sacrifices. And so this, now they're proclaiming the good news that God's Mashiach, God's Messiah has come and he's the one that has the ability to forgive sins. And notice that one of the things that Yeshua did when he raised up the man who was paralyzed, his friends took him up on the roof, the paralyzed man, they tore apart the roof, and they lowered him down on ropes, and it was on the Sabbath. And there were some Pharisees that were looking in, and what did Yeshua say to the man? Rise up and walk, and know this, your sins are forgiven. And they said to him, no one can forgive sins but God. And he said, for you to know this, that I'm one with the Father. And I'm here to do my Father's will. That Yeshua had the ability to forgive sins. So all these stories are going on through their minds. Let's go forward here. That is... God clears everyone who puts his trust in this man, in Yeshua. Even in regard to all things concerning which you could 
not be cleared by the Torah of Moshe. And they understood this. Why? Because there was the morning and evening sacrifice. And then once a year, the high priest, what? He sacrificed a bull for himself. And then he went in there with the blood of the lamb and, and then would place it upon the altar once a year. All this was taking place. But here things are now changing. Things are different. Because now they're pointing the way to the one death, the one sacrifice, God's only son. Continuing here in verse 40. Watch out then so that this word found in the prophets may not happen to you. You mockers, look and marvel and die. For in your own time, I'm doing a work that you simply will not believe, even if someone explains it to you. Think of how live that word was when he was sharing that with them. As they left, the people invited Shaul and Barnabas, Barnabas, to tell them more about these matters following Shabbat. When the synagogue meeting broke up and many of the born Jews and devout proselytes followed Shaul and Barnabas, who spoke with them and urged them to keep holding fast to the love and kindness of God, the good news that had been given to them. Next Shabbat, nearly the whole city gathered together to hear the message about the Lord, but when the Jews who had not believed, and underline that in your Bible, Jews who did not receive the good news, saw the crowds, they were filled with what? Joy? No, jealousy. And spoke up against Shaul and was saying and insulted him. However, Shaul and Barnabas answered them boldly. It was necessary that God's word be spoken to you first. But since you are rejecting it and are judging yourselves unworthy of eternal life, notice that. He's not proclaiming that they're unworthy, but they're judging for themselves that they are simply unworthy for eternal life. We're now turning to what? To the nations, to the Gentiles. For, for that is what Adonai has ordered us to do. And when was that first proclaimed to Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul? When he received the scales removed from his eyes. He was be, being called to the nations, to the Gentiles. And this quote is taken from Habakkuk 1.5. I have set you as a light for the nations to be for deliverance to the ends of the earth. Okay, thank you. 49.6. I wrote down the wrong one. Isaiah 49.6. Thank you, Ellen. The Gentiles were happy to hear this. They honored the message about the Lord as many as had been appointed to eternal life and came to trust. Trust in what? Trust it, put their trust that Yeshua is the promised Messiah, the Mashiach of Israel. And the message about the Lord was carried throughout the whole region. It spread. But unbelieving Jews stirred up the women, the God-fearers. Notice that. They didn't pick on the women that came to, who were Jewish women who came to a knowledge of who Messiah was. 
but they put pressure on these women that were on the process of, of receiving and becoming godly people. The women God-fears of high social standing and the leading men of the city, and they organized persecution against Shaul and Barnaba and expelled them from their district. However, Shaul and Barnaba took off the dust of their feet against them and went on to Iconium. If you notice that, when Yeshua sent the, his Talmudim, there were more than 12 at the time, he sent them out two by two, and he said, any town or house you go and you give them, you greet them with shalom, and they don't return your shalom to you, and they will not hear about the good news of the kingdom that's about to come, you're to do what? You're to go to the out part of the, of the city streets, and you're to take and shake the, the dust from your sandals. Going forward here. Verse 52. And the Talmudim were filled with joy and with the Ruach HaKodesh. And notice this. When Rav Shaul and Barnabas, they didn't go to the marketplace to proclaim the good news here. They went to the synagogue. Why? Because they knew that was a place where there would be men and women waiting for the hope of the Messiah was to come. And so when they went there, they also knew this, that the God-fearers there have turned their backs on paganism, which was part of their culture, part of their heritage. And they were adopting the God of Israel, the one true God. And so they were on the path to righteousness. And so what, what better place than the synagogue for, for Shaul and Barnabas to proclaim the good news? of people who had been already warmed and were on the path to receive all that God has for them. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat Shalom. This message, second part, will uh, be completed next Shabbat.